Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the magical places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee in a tall mug, so it took a while for the sip to get to my mouth. <laughs> I'm carrying my Captain Kirk Star Trek uh, reboot mug with the stylized Star Trek logo. I love this mug. Today is Friday, October 2nd. My blue girl rose is just blooming away. Beautiful. And white rose, not to be neglected, is still floridly abundant. Looking to be getting some blooms on my other roses here. They're about to pop. Good that we've got warm weather ahead for certainly looks like the next couple weeks. Big news in the U.S. today is that President Trump has COVID. Uh, well, I'm only surprised that he didn't come down with it before, given how much he neglected safety precautions. Grapevine's almost all out of leaves. It's really been... I think that cold wind really got those grape leaves. There's some green ones still on the leeward side. So apparently Trump has it, Melania has it, Trump Jr. Uh, lots of people have been exposed. The amusing irony to me is that if both Trump and Pence come down with it, then Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, is in charge, which I just kind of wish I could see Trump's face. <laughs> um, and, uh, boy, I'm not in the habit of wishing ill on anyone, but I would really love it if Nancy Pelosi was in charge for a little while, just to ensure that we have a peaceful election. So... Um, yeah, October coming in with a bang. Uh, I read an article in the New Yorker. I'll try to link to it because it was a pretty interesting article that summed up the political situation and must have been pre-written, right? Because they got it out that fast via New Yorker Instagram. But I think that, uh, you know, like some of these things, they say, okay, what happens if Trump comes down with COVID? Let's write that essay. <laughs> uh I'm out in the Great Barber again, obviously, this morning. It's a titch cool for it, but it didn't get so cold last night, down to like 48. I have my Frida Kahlo jacket on. My mom knows which one that is. I love this jacket. This is like one of my favorite pieces of clothing, clothing ever. And as is the case with many pieces, many of those things that are our favorite pieces of clothing ever, nobody else seems to notice or like it. And I'm the I I do, <laughs> but I always think somebody's going to say something to me about it, but they don't. <sighs> so anyway, the um, the article was very interesting on sort of the <clears throat> hot takes and going through the um, the layers of who all could could have it, and oh, like I said, I'm not in the habit of wishing ill on anyone, but 
This could be a pretty profound domino effect. And, oh, I know what I started to say was that the, uh, the pundits and so forth often talk about the October surprise in U.S. elections because U.S. elections happen um, in the first couple, the first Tuesday of November. So often like the third or fourth of November. And there's always something that happens in the election that's the October surprise. Um, that's like some sort of big revelation or an attempt by one side or the other to uh, really tip the balance. And so everybody's kind of musing that huh, October 1st arrives and our October surprise is this. It was also a beautiful morning uh, with the full moon setting in a pink streaked sky. So I'm feeling hopeful today. I'm feeling very optimistic. Of course, that's my default setting, but still, I am feeling optimistic. Long night of the crystalline moons coming along nicely. I'm past 17,000 words. Cruising downhill now. I have also um, been reading... The Epos King by the delightful and talented Grace Draven. Enjoying this story so much. Uh, it comes out on October 6th. Yeah, she's releasing it on the 6th, so I got the, the early copy. And I'll probably be done with it in another day or two. It's um it's her longest book ever. And and it has been a lot of years coming. Um, book two came out in April of 2016. So I know Grace has been wanting to get this book out there for a very long time. And it's the story of Shah and Huset, the female second command for the Kai, and Saravik, the, the, the Belladine Stallion. <laughs> Uh, Margrave and their uh, interesting relationship. They, theirs is not a marriage of convenience. The, this world, this series started um, the Wraith Kings with Grace's book Radiance, which is still her runaway bestseller. People just love that about a marriage of convenience between a human woman and a Kai. Uh, well, he's at the time a prince, I think. And I talked about this the other day, I know, where uh, the Kai, Brishan, and she compares him to an eel, and he thinks she looks like a mollusk with her pink skin. And they cordially wed each other because that's what they need to do for their duty um, and develop this friendship that deepens into love. And then the second book sort of kicks off more of the overall arc of the Wraith King's world. But it continues the story of Brishan and Ildiko. But now, now this book three, I guess, did I say it was book? Yeah, that's right, it's book three. Um, the Epos King moves into this next relationship. And again, it's the attraction of opposites 
but neither one of them is compelled into the relationship in any way. And it's really just been delightful. Grace has done a fantastic job of sketching this dance between them. And more than anything is I think that uh, Anhisat, who is a warrior, is, uh, you know, a departure for Grace in some ways in that she is an out-and-out, badass, very tough warrior. Um, she reminds me of Ursula in many ways. And in fact, in many ways, this book has reminded me of the relationship between Ursula and Harlan, which is delightful for me because I get to read it and didn't have to write it. And his set could probably kick Ursula's ass, however. It would be interesting to match them up, Grace. It would depend on if Annie has set played fair. But it's really fun to uh, see how Grace allowed this female character to really drive the story and be, uh, be a serious badass in everything that happens. I'm just really glad that it's, it's worked out this way, Grace. I'm glad you went there. I've probably been poking at her to go there. Or maybe I overestimate my influence. <laughs> so, let's see. I'm trying to think if I have much else on my mind. David and I are going to go get flu shots tomorrow, which is a big deal for us because we just typically don't get flu shots. Um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any stretch. I just think that the flu shot is not necessary, uh, especially for me, um, someone who's in very good health, and that I do believe that it can be better to you know, encounter flu viruses and be tested by them to build up your immune system, which feels like a dangerous thing to say these days with people talking about not wanting the COVID vaccine. And people have asked us, because they know we don't get the flu shot, and, and David's a doctor of oriental medicine, and we have followed natural medicine for many, many years. Um, I, the last time I took antibiotics was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. Uh, we don't take analgesics. We don't have any in the house, really. <laughs> we take it every once in a while if something's egregious, but generally uh, we just stay away from anything that's meant to mitigate symptoms instead of addressing the root cause of health. I told you guys I'm a freaky DK health nut. I just disguise it well. So because so many of our friends and family know we never get flu shots, they think that we wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. <laughs> and we've said, of course we'd get the COVID vaccine. It's not the same thing at all. And we're also getting the flu shot this year because it is so highly recommended that we don't want to risk contracting the flu and have our systems be depressed by combating that and then encounter COVID. So my physician's office is having a drive through flu clinic tomorrow. So I think we will go do that. It will be interesting. When was the last time I had a flu shot? 
I have no idea. I, I, I actually have no memory. I'm sure I've had flu shots before in my life. <laughs> Maybe. Have I ever had a flu shot? This will be interesting. So, but we're going to do it this year. And on Sunday, I get to go have lunch and $5 Gruyere, which is um, Prosecco Brut. That's probably Brut. New Mexico Brut Champagne uh, with Megan. She found a great spot for that. So we're going to go sit in the autumn sun and listen to music and have lunch and $5 Gruyere. She seduced me with that offer. Uh, reader, it did not take much to seduce me with that offer. And tomorrow I get to hear back from beta readers on Dark Wizard, so I am looking forward to that. And, yeah, surely there's got to be more on my mind than this. Dorinda's finally getting all of her stuff through proofreading, so that'll get cleaned up. Boy, you know... Finding someone to do good proofreading is turning out to be an interesting wrestling match. I think I've had something else to talk about that I wrote down inside, and I'm not going to get up and go look at it, but um, I, I thought that there was something on my mind from the writing and publishing community. Well, here's a little tip. Um, one of my friends just received uh, a contract, an offer from Tor.com, which publishes novella-length work. And they took a long time to send her the contract. They said it was coming, and they took a long, to send, long time to send it. And then she got her agent involved to poke them to send it. And for me, I would have had my agent involved from the beginning, but that she has a personal relationship with the editor and that's how she wanted to do it. So fine, whatever. But once you got the agent involved, one of the things that the agent asked, and this is really why you should have your agent involved, was the agent asked what the release date was, was going to be. And they came out back with a date that is two years from now, almost exactly two years from now. And the agent said, what? No, because... The other thing that Tor.com offers is they'll you can take two choices. You can either get an advance and a lower royalty percentage or no advance and a higher royalty percentage. And there's a lot of debate over what you should do. And basically, it comes down on whether you're willing to bet on yourself in the long term. And there are a lot of sort of the traditionalists, the diehards, particularly in Safwa, I don't hear this from the RWA folks so much, but in Cepha, there are people who are like, there should always be an advance, that if there isn't an advance, then the publisher's not showing faith in the offer, and they won't commit to marketing, and herpty, herpty, her. And it's just not true anymore. It's, 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 it's frankly not true. There are also people who believe much more in cash in hand rather than promise of cash in the future. You know, and some of that comes down to your personal tolerance for risk, but really, the advance is not that huge in most cases. And unless your story totally bombs, which I guess is always a possibility, you're going to make more money in the long term. 
on that, the higher percentage of royalties. And really, this is the indie publishing model, too. Um, there's obviously no advance in indie publishing, you, but you get a hugely higher percentage of the profits. You have to, in fact, invest your own money in things like proofreaders, and then the money comes in later. The thing about the Tor.com model, and it's supposed to be a faster method of traditional publishing, because really a release date two years from now, that could be for a full novel, right? That could be putting it through the full process instead of up online on Tor.com, obviously. They also do print versions, but it's primarily a digital publishing model. Well, my friend has published with them before and went with the no advance higher royalties method. But in this case, then she would not get any money until over two years from now. But it's, it's a good thing to remember, and I'm glad that her agent asked about it, because a lot of authors don't think to ask what the release date will be. And publishers will do that kind of thing. They'll just be like, oh, how about, um, how does December 2022 sound to <laughs> you? Uh, and that means that they're sitting on your work for a really long time. Your work that could be earning money for you, that could be building your reputation. It's not in the author's favor to do this. With traditional novel publishing, there's good reasons for this, right? Because they have a whole production schedule that goes two to three years in the future. And a lot of that has to do with allocation of resources. You know, and it's like, okay, if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. But otherwise, there's no reason for it. The other clause to look for is how long they have to meet that release date before they have to give you the book back. And this is really important because you would think that this wouldn't happen, but it does. That publishers will even give advances for books, have them all complete, and then they will sit on them and not publish them, sometimes for years. I've had several friends that this has happened to, where they just, and they keep hemming and hawing and say, oh yeah, um, it's we still want it, we're still going to publish it, uh, maybe, maybe next month, or they don't even do that, maybe six months from now, maybe next year, we'll see. And meantime, that book just sits there and rots. This happens in Hollywood too. Every once in a while you see a a movie, or you'll like read the trivia on IMDb, IMDb, as I am wont to do, and they will say things like, um, this movie was filmed in 2017, but due to this, that, and the other thing, it was never released until now. Like when Netflix went through and bought it and said, hey, it's been pandemic for almost a year now, and we're running out of fresh content, what do you have in your vaults? <laughs> Which we can see is happening, right? They're really running out of stuff. So this is an aspect of negotiation. And, and I realize, I know some of you are probably frowning at your speaker and saying, but Jeffy, not all of us have the luxury to bring our agent in. I would love to have an agent help me. And I know, I know that's, um, that's, that's hard and keep trying. You'll, you'll get there. One of my mentees contacted me and said she had an offer of representation. And so I was very excited for her, very happy about that. It, it happens. You'll get there. 
so, but those are things to look for, whether you are asking your agent to come in and negotiate on your behalf, or if you are negotiating the contract yourself is release date. And then like, there's usually a clause in there of some sort that says like, if they do not publish the book within this window around the release date, then they have to give you the book back and you do not have to pay back your advance. No harm, no foul. Um, and make sure that that's a short window, you know, because sometimes they'll try to put in stuff like within five years. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and make sure that you don't have to pay the advance back if they pull that crap. So on that note, I'm going to go in and get to work. I hope that you all have a wonderful Friday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Um, I hope that you are feeling hopeful and optimistic because I really do think, think that things are turning around and it's going to get, it's going to get better. We can all pull together. We can do this. First cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network and you'll find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.